0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, and you're very welcome to this week's podcast. How are you getting on? Today is the 10th of the 4th, 2022. And I started off this podcast by, I'm drinking, um, I didn't have any drink all week, but this one, the one I'm having now is... It's called a Madri Exceptional, El Alma de Madrid. And it's the first time I've ever had it. And uh, I wasn't too pleased when I went into the shop, got up to the counter. I said to the fella, would you mind giving me a price on that there? And he goes, how many do you want? And I just said, oh no, I just want to get a price. He goes, all oh, right. And he gave me a price and it was 3 20 a bottle. Now it's a fairly, fairly stocky bottle and the percentage is in and around the 4.6%, 660 millilitres. I'm going to take a little taste test here to see how she is. Mm. Oh, delicioso. Very, very nice indeed. Now, before we get down to it, big news this week. Uh, Will Smith has been banned out of the Oscars for 10 years, raising the, the question, why? Why is he banned out of the Oscars? Because, as we all know, he gave Chris Rock a slap. Now, some people say that it's deeper than that. Some people say he gave him a slap to protect the honour of his wife, Jada or Jaden. Some people also believe that throughout the years, Jaden has manipulated Will Smith into becoming uh, what you'd call, I suppose, a soy boy. And that's somebody that kind of, I don't even know what a soy boy is, to be honest. But I think it's something along the lines of somebody that's like... uh, a better male, as they'd call them, an alpha male, is somebody who's got a big chest, walks around town, knows what he wants, Whereas there's a better male, is someone that's very submissive. And the rumours on the rumour mill have been going around suggesting that Will Smith is under the thumb and Jaden has been cracking the whip. But now, when she was asked during the week how she felt about the whole situation, she said, I don't care. She said, I do not care, which in some ways made Will Smith look even worse, but... I think, to be honest, Will Smith, at the end of the day, he's a legend, you know. And there's lots of other things going on in the world that doesn't even fucking matter. We gave him, He gave Chris Rock a slap, and he shouldn't. He shouldn't have given him a slap. But at the same time, there's plenty of other stuff going on. And you have to remember that Will Smith is from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, one of the greatest TV shows that was ever created. Give the man, give the man a fucking chance, will you? I mean, he's probably under serious pressure. God knows what kind of shite does be going on in his day-to-day life. And I suppose he's probably under serious pressure. You could see that as well. As soon as he went up to do his speech after, he had tears all over his face. Like he'd, It looks like someone poured a bucket of water on his face. He was all over the shop. But in a statement during the week, Will Smith said he accepts and respects the Academy's decision. And, you know, the thing about it is, this is the way I see it, right? Will Smith is probably at home at the moment listening to this podcast thinking why is he talking about it like let's just let all that dust settle let's forget about it and move on and he's going through all the different articles on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and you know I think it was the number one tweeted thing tweeted uh, story of the week or whatever the Will Smith slap and he's probably in some sort of bubble where he thinks this is the end of the world for him in a lot of ways and this nobody likes him but at the end of the day Will Smith's a fucking legend like you have to give him give him his credit and uh Chris Rock in fairness to him he handled it well he's going to get plenty of work out of this so there's nothing nothing to be sad there's no there's no sad situation to be had here um if you're looking to to watch a video summing up the whole situation I'd highly advise you to check out a video that Lemmy did during the week and I've always liked Lemmy but I'm really getting into him now recently He's just absolute grade-A, specific comedy, and it's so class. But um, there's the fella from One Direction, Liam Payne. He was the fella that had a child with Cheryl Cole, who used to be married to Ashley Cole, who Cristiano Ronaldo said was the best defender he's ever played against. But that's got nothing to do with the situation. What I'm talking about here is that um, your man, Liam Payne, he did a video during the week or an interview with... Good morning, television, and Lemmy breaks the whole situation down. I don't even want to go into too much detail about the situation, but it makes the whole slap worth it. That's what I'll say about that video. It's I'm actually delighted that the slap did happen, just because it made the whole situation. It made the fact that Lemmy could make that video and break down what your manly Payne was saying, and it's it's absolute bollocksology is what he's coming up with. So please do check that out if you do get a chance. Um. Other news there in the week that I saw on the paper, Ed Sheeran was getting spanked on the arse because he was apparently copying music himself and I think it's the fella from Snow Patrol who I could be completely wrong on this now but I think he might be dating, the fella from Snow Patrol might be dating Courtney Cox, a.k.a. uh, Monica from Friends but um, himself and Ed Sheeran, they got done during the week. They went to court for apparently stealing lyrics off music and it's a very grey area nobody quite knows what's going on, but that's still going through the courts. Um, and and Ed Sheeran, I think I think he's come out on top there. I don't think he's had to pay out anything, but it was a strange situation where he was pretty, pretty much getting blamed for stealing other people's material. Now, you know the way things would be, you know, you'd be hearing people saying things and then you'd be kind of repeating them yourself. That's bound to happen, but um, that's all I got to say in that situation because at the end of the day, Ed Sheeran is another multi-millionaire fucker and um, for better or for worse, I don't really care. Now, a bit more news before I get into the cock and balls of this podcast and I'm going to also be talking in this podcast about England. This is the topic of this podcast, England, because I'm going back there again in a few days time. I'm heading over to, um, actually I'm heading over to Wales first and then I'm going up as far as uh, Birmingham and then Leeds and then down as far as London, baby. But I wanted to talk a bit about the dynamic between Irish and English people and what I noticed when I was over there last week and my own feelings on the country of England and the people there. And lots to talk about with that. Plenty of controversial stuff I'll be saying. So stick around. Um, but we're going to go through a couple of more headlines here before we get down to the cock and balls of the podcast. Also, Journal the Week, um, I don't know if you've seen... your. Actually, he was an English lad as well, Boris Johnson. He was walking round fucking Ukraine in a suit, and um, he stood out like a sore thumb. But then the day, you have to give him the credit. He went over to Ukraine, and possibly with snipers hanging around rooftops looking down at him. And it made when you when you see that video of Boris walking around, it made more sense to understand. It was the first time I kind of really understood why the Ukrainian president. ...always wears his regular green clothes, stuff... ...clothes that it looks like he bought them in pennies or somewhere like that... ...but I suppose it's because he looks more like a civilian... ...so, so when he's walking around the place... ...if a sniper's... ...like if there's a Russian sniper up on a rooftop and he's like... ...is that the leader of uh, Ukraine? He doesn't quite know if it is or not... ...so it's too late then... ...sniper needs to be on the button... ...he needs to know when to... ...he needs to pretty much know his target... ...that comes from a man who's never shot a sniper in his life... Um, but yeah, big kudos to Boris Johnson for going over there, even though I don't have one other clue about his uh, political views in the world, and also I don't give two fucks about what he believes. Um, there was a period there for like a long time. And myself and my father, we were talking about Brexit, like we knew what was going on. Like my father, I'd call over to him in the house, and he'd be saying to me, "Oh, this Brexit's fucked everything. Ah, it's gone to fuck. Everything's gone up now in price. Now this'll be the end of it." I'm like the end of what? Uh, this will be the end of everything. I'm like, well, I don't think it's going to be that bad, Dad. But see, but then sometimes I'd be stoking the fire going, too, going, "Jesus, everything's gone up now in price." Yeah, you know, like you went there to buy a box of nails, and or even cattle are gone up. I mean, just just trying to stoke the flames of of um, dram, I suppose, or get the gossip flames all stoked up. But um, I'm just going to take a mouthful of this beer. Mmm. Oh, delicious stuff. Um. Anyways. Ronaldo by the way he was in hot water there during the week because as per usual Manchester United playing shite and it's as if they're looking for excuse after excuse after excuse and this new manager Ranovic or whatever you call him he's probably the worst manager I've ever seen in my life he doesn't even look like a manager he looks like a fucking a lad that to be out cutting a lawn he has the worst record of a Manchester United manager ever he's crap he's useless and he's got loads of money. He should just fuck off now while the going's good before he gets lynched out of the place altogether. And part of me is heartbroken because I've supported this Man United team from a very, very young age. Back in the day where where Andrea Kinchelskis would be running down the wing 90 mile an hour crossing in balls for the likes of Brian McClare to fucking volley them home and say nothing more about it. Or Kevin fucking... Sorry, Mark Hughes to destroy the opposition's goalkeeper with a bicycle kick and his big fucking permed head battering the ball into the goal. And um, those days are long gone now. And Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, sometimes you look at him and you think he's, he's one of the best footballers that ever played. But maybe, just maybe, it's United's way of looking into the past and maybe they need to become more present and get rid of him and get rid of anyone that's dead weight and just start again. But... Again, it's going to cost millions upon millions, possibly billions, to get this Man United team back to where they were. And you never even know. You don't even know if they're going to get back to the way they were. I mean, there's a good chance in the next 20 years that Man United will never win a trophy again. Uh, maybe 30, 40 years from now, people will laugh and say, remember the time United won the treble in 1999 when Ole Gunnar Schausgård and Teddy Sheringham scored fucking two goals against Bayern Munich? That could be just a joke in the pub. If there is pubs in the future, I do not know. But... That could be just something that people laugh about because it's they're slipping down the ladder and it just there's so many teams now with money. Newcastle have money. Man City have money. Um, Chelsea have money. Everyone has money. Liverpool have money. Even the small teams have money. Tottenham, not a small team, like, but they have loads of money and lots of the smaller teams that never had a fucking pot to piss in. They all have big, big money behind them now. So, you know, you can't really buy your way to the title anymore. There was a period of time there where the likes of Chelsea when Roman Abramovich came in, he you know, he threw down the money and he bought enough good players that eventually they kind of gelled and the team they did well. But nowadays, you know, you can't really buy well, I mean you could if you were probably Elon Musk, who is now apparently the richest man in the world, he's a hundred million I think it's a hundred million euros or maybe a hundred billion. No, it couldn't be a hundred billion. It must be a hundred million Euro's richer than um, Jeff Bezos. But even though somebody told me the other day as well, when I was talking to them about this, talking about the richest man in the world, they said they're not even close. Them lads are not even close when you think back to all of the older families, back maybe like some European families, some oil tycoons out in the, the you know Saudi Arabia and places like that. There's, there's men out there that have more money than you couldn't even count it on a calculator. That's kind of money that thin boys have. So um, to say that Jeff Bezos and Elon you know, Musk are the richest people in the world is a complete load of absolute waffle. And no more than the waffle I'm talking now. Um, so anyways, we're going to get into it now because I'm i heading over to... What I'm doing is, I don't know if you've seen um, on the, the newspapers, you've probably heard in the news as well, there's massive queues now in the Dublin airport. So the queues are like, I think they're they're asking you to be at the airport two 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 and a half hours before your flight, sometimes three and a half hours. Now, I'm not going to be going to a fucking airport three and a half hours before my flight just to queue up outside, just because maybe they're too tight to pay staff to work the airports, even though apparently the staff in the airports have been brilliant, nothing short of unbelievable. And they've been moving the queues into the airport very quickly, fair play to them. But still, you'd think somebody like a company like Dublin Airport or whoever runs that company the, the amount of money that they're making you think that they'd employ more staff and get fucking shit moving and um, it just seems like another another nail in the coffin for society with the price of fuel gone up the price of fucking everything gone up and now the airports it's going to get to a point where there's going to be a a bloody two or three fucking week backlog of flights um, that'll probably never happen but you never know sometimes when things kind of get clogged up and uh, the economy gets a bit constipated things kind of get backed up so anyways what I've decided to do is I'm going to fly out of Knock Airport in the west of Ireland if you're not familiar with it if you're not if you're not from Ireland or if um, if you're from I don't know if you're from Spain or if you're from Colombia or if you're from China you're probably wondering What's, what the fuck's Knock Airport basically it's so it's an airport in the west of Ireland that was built by a priest. Now, it wasn't actually built by a priest, but there was a, a priest years ago uh called I think his name was Father Horan. And he never got planning permission to build this airport. And there's a very funny video on YouTube where I think RT are doing an interview with them and they're like, What are you doing here? He goes, oh, sure, I'm building an airport. Right. And did you get planning permission? Well, no, I didn't, but I'm gonna go ahead with it anyways. And behind him there's like nine ton dump trucks bringing massive loads of stones into the airport and through the bare cheek of that pre there's now a lovely airport there in the west of Ireland and I'm going to fly out to Bristol and I'm going to take a train then across to Cardiff and I'm going to see the people of Wales and then I'm going to head up I think it's up I'm not sure I don't know my geography too well but I think Birmingham is up and then I think Leeds is even more up or some people call it north and then I'm going to go I'm going to spend two nights in Leeds, and then I'm going to go down as far as London City, baby. The land of Danny Dyer. And I'm looking forward to hitting all these different spots along the way. I'm looking forward to going to Leeds because I'm a big fan of Tony Yeboah, one of the greatest footballers to ever play in the Premier League. And I'm looking forward to going to Birmingham because my parents spend a lot of time there, so they've given me a couple of locations to visit. My father's like, go down to, go down to that road there, and he's giving me names of different streets in Birmingham and I said that'll all be different now You go down anyways you might meet a couple of fellas I would have known over there as if they're just standing around Birmingham waiting to say hey are you fucking Kevin Colgan son that's not my father's name by the way but I've protected his name there in case um, I ever get famous in America and they're like you called your father by his real name and now we're at his house and we want to get his autograph I don't know what I'm talking about here but um, basically yeah my parents used to live in Birmingham that's actually where they met and then they came back to Ireland and they made love and they had five children. And I was one of those kids. But I digress. Then I'm going to go down to London. And I was in London only a few weeks ago over to visit my brother. And that was like a connecting a connection from... I was coming back from Portugal, visiting my brother in London and then heading to Liverpool on a stag do. But I did go to London for a few days in between. And now I'm going back again. So that's exciting too because I don't... I'm a small small-time farmer from the west of Ireland and it's very interesting for me to see these big cities. I don't really like the cities too much. London is a cool place but I don't know if I'd live there. It just seems like it's a bit too cutthroat and there's a lot of, it's kind of like it's, uh, it's a very busy environment. Some people love that but I just can't handle it for too long and I'm very nosy as well. I love, I love looking at people and I don't think people like when you look at them in London, especially on the subway or if you're waiting at a train station. Like for example, the last time I was there, there was this old woman, like she was maybe the same age as my mother and she was walking through the train station and um, I was just happening to look down, like I was eating a roll at the time and I was looking down and I was looking at these pigeons that were in there just like picking away at people's crumbs from their breakfast and this old woman just kind of walks out of nowhere and she's kind of wobbling back and forth and she looks a bit confused and then these two massive police policemen come over and they grab her by the arm. And she's kind of got this really cross look on her face. And she's, I'm trying to get close to see what's been said. But the policeman goes, can you move away? So I had to move away. And um, people were kind of getting close to see what was going on because it looked from a distance that the policemen were kind of like being a bit rough with her. But then there was another woman there, like a youngish woman with a folder. And she was kind of writing something down, a piece of paper. And then eventually, anyways, the woman with the folder opened the older woman's jacket and a load of food fell out so I was like oh maybe she was in the shop robbing and it turns out she was robbing because I went back to have a listen people were standing around because from a distance it looked like the policemen were roughing her up a bit but it turns out that they were actually being sound as well because they took all the stuff out of her um, out of her jacket they wrote her name down it appeared to be they are writing her name down and then they just wandered off and that was the end of it and then a friend of hers came over a fella, he looked kind of the same age as her and um, I don't know if it was a husband or who was it, but he was over talking to her and then a few minutes later, they were just laughing and then they just walked away and that was the end of it. And I, like, you don't really see that kind of thing in the West of Ireland. It's more like, you know, you're more looking at nature. The fields are fucking sheep, But London is a great place for kind of human experiments and to see people interacting with each other and it's a strange place in a way because there's so many people there. And yet at the same time, you can see in some people's faces they're a bit lonely too, you know. And then at the same time, you can also see a lot of excitement in people's faces. Um, Normally the excitement seems to come after 5pm in the day when people are ready to go into the pub. And normally, I don't know, in the daytime it seems a bit cold. People are just walking with their earphones in, they're drinking their coffees. Everyone seems a bit wrecked, everyone seems a bit fed up. But once 5pm comes, any day of the week, it could be a Monday, it could be a Tuesday, it could be any day of the week... It's as if anything goes. There's always a busy place. Um, the restaurants seem to be all busy. The streets are all busy. There's a lot of hustle and bustle around the place. And I suppose being in lockdown for over two years and then also myself living out in the west of Ireland. I was living in Belmullet, as I was saying to you before. Um, it was very interesting to go into a big city. You know, I've, I've been back to Dublin since lockdown. I've been to go in different cities. And I've been I've been around the place Oh, I've been around the place, by, but to go into London, the one of the busiest cities in the world, it was just... um, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure how I feel about the place, you know. And again, it's very, very exciting. It's almost like eating chocolate, you know. It's you know, it's not good for you, but you like another nibble, and you're nibbling away there, and you want a bit more every time. And sometimes you you forget that the chocolate's not too good for you if you have too much of it. So, you know, you could easily go out every night of the week in London to a different place. You'd be, you'd have good fun every night of the week. There'd be always something going on and that has to be exciting. Like, for example, where I am now, there'd be, there'd be nowhere open. If I was to go into town now, at times a quarter to ten, yeah, you'd find some places that are open but you wouldn't really find too many people in it. So there's a bit of both. It depends on what kind of world you're in. For myself, I find that I probably like the countryside for about a year and a half, two years. And then I miss the city a small bit. And then I go back into the city and I kind of get caught up in the hustle and bustle of the place. And it's exciting. But then you look at the same time as well. When I was in London, right, I was walking around the place going, jeez, I have fucking terrible fashion. I was looking at my shoes and I was looking at my jeans and I was like, jeez, I've got terrible fashion. Not only that, I'm not that even tall anymore. I thought I was taller than this. Five foot nine in a city like England, a lot of tall people there just just doesn't cut the mustard. And then at the beginning, I was kind of feeling paranoid. And then after a few days, then I was like, you know what? Fuck this! I'm a bit of a city boy myself. I can I can assume the role of a city boy, and I kind of got into it a small bit. And then I was walking around London with a bit of a swagger myself. And um, I guess it's the same as anywhere really. You kind of it takes a while to fit in, but once you, once you do fit in, it's great. And you know, I also went to get my hair cut as well when I was in London. I have a brother living there, and one day, I said I went out for a walk, and I decided I'd go in and get a haircut. And um, I was talking to the hairdresser anyways. And before he cut the hair, I was like, oh, by the way, I got hair restoration there a few years ago. And he goes, oh, geez, I went in a noun. And he was said to me he, w- he was going to get it too. And uh, he showed me he had this like, there's this thing, right, where they put permanent ink on your head. Now, I don't think it would suit me now, to be honest. But it's a different way to deal with baldness. And it's like a tattoo that they put on your head of um i don't know how you'd call it but like basically like it's the outline of a hairline but from a distance like well that lad's got the head shaved but it looks really smart but if you look up close it's just like it's kind of like an ink tattoo and we were just comparing different strategies and he was asking me a few questions about what i did and he was telling me some horror stories as well you know because sometimes that shit doesn't work out either and he was telling me that he had a friend that he went to greece for three different hair restorations and he said every time it was terrible, it went tits up altogether and the hair never grew. And now he's just, he's walking around London with a, with a what you call it, a hair system, I think he was calling it, or a piece, or a wig, or a toupee. And uh, I was asking him, Do you see, he must have been devastated. And he was like, he was at the beginning, he was devastated because he'd paid something like four grand each time and the hair never actually grew. And then he got to a point where it's like, fuck this, I'm just going to start wearing a system. And um, that's what they call it now in the, in the game. But... It was nice to chat to him anyways and I was telling him about my experience going over to Turkey and he was showing me his own hair. Now, he still had a fine, thick head of hair, but um, there'd, there'd be times where I'd be in the city, you know, and I wouldn't really... I suppose I wouldn't have the confidence to be going over tra- talking shite to people, but for some reason this particular time I said, you know what, I'm just going to accept myself and I'm just going to be confident around the city. I'm just going to talk to people and if they don't like the way I'm a- I am, that's fine too. And you know what, it opened up a whole world to people because when I was over there... I was chatting to people on the train, I was chatting to people just on the street, I was chatting to people in shops, I was chatting to people in bookstores, I was chatting to this hairdresser fella, and I was chatting to people I met all over the place in the parks and everything like that. And um I got to say I really did enjoy London. Now the prices are a bit expensive. It's pretty much in and around the same as Dublin. I don't know, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's even a bit more in certain places and now I'll, I we all know that Dublin's a pricey city. But um I got to hand it to London. There's some great pubs over there too. My brother, as I said, is living over there and there's some great old-fashioned pubs over there like the, the Cock and Balls was one of them and you Owl Cock in the, the word cock was used in quite a lot of pubs over there but I have to say I enjoyed their stout over there. They have that method where they keep pulling from the tap like you'd see on Coronation Street when they used to like pull down the tap four or five times. But well, there's an Ireland where just a one-pull kind of people and... Um, The beers over there are nice, but by Jays, there's no place like home, boys and girls. And uh, on that note, folks, I just want to say thank you very much for all the support for the podcast. I want to give a big shout out as well to Golden Bake for their continued support. Your delicious jambons continue to rock my world. I hope you folk out there have been trying the curry-flavoured jambon. It is delish. And um, I want to especially thank everybody on Patreon for supporting this podcast thank you so much um it means the absolute world to me so it does and i'm not going to start crying i swear to god but um thank you very much though um and i hope you've enjoyed this podcast i know i've went on a bit of a ramble this time but i just thought i'd be a bit more free with me chat and uh you know speak from the fucking heart hey but um hope you're keeping well anyways and i hope you're excited for the week ahead and do get in touch if you ever want to talk about anything My virtual door is always open and chat to you soon. Have a great week. The bank holidays are just around the corner. The sun is coming in. It's going to be a great summer, folks. It's going to be a great summer, folks.